Welcome to our weekly devotional with Pastor Anderson. This week, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter one. This is the gospel of Mark, and a few things stood out to me as I was reflecting on this chapter I want to share with you. Mark jumps right into the action. Unlike Matthew and Luke, there's nothing about the birth of Christ or his upbringing or prophecies about his birth or lineages, genealogies. He just gets right into the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, written in the prophet Isaiah. So Mark begins with Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah about both John the Baptist and the Lord. And then he turns to John the Baptist. Now, this style of approach and writing will see or influences, excuse me, <clears throat> influences also how he recounts the events. Now, I don't mean to suggest by any means that that it's a, a kind of pers perspectival thing that there's different perspectives and, and they're not really true. No, he's correctly recording the events, but we'll see that he uses language that's different than the other gospels to depict the action of the uh, account. So in Isaiah, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So that is about John the Baptist and then about the Lord. And so then he gets right into John the Baptist. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, there are other people doing baptism, but this is an important way to summarize what John the Baptist is doing. Repentance of what? Sins. And you need to be forgiven. And that's by God. And so the whole Judean countryside and the people of Jerusalem go out to him and they're confessing their sins. This is notable. People today have various political concerns, but imagine if the whole countryside and all the people from the capital were going out to confess their sins and be baptized. And John wore clothes made of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist and ate, ate locusts and wild honey. And this is reminiscent of Elijah. We'll see that name used of him later. <clears throat> and his message was this, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Right there, we get the deity of Christ. If you ever, someone ever challenges that, right away in the Gospel of Matthew, only God can baptize with the Holy Spirit. Stay in the Holy Spirit, who is the one that will regenerate. So it proves both Holy Spirit is God and also Christ is God. And so then we have Jesus right away in verse 9. Jesus came from Galilee and was baptized by John. And he goes, as he was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. So we have this uh, baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And then you have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit there at the baptism. And then it says, at once, the spirit sent him out to the wilderness. And he was there for 40 days. He's being tempted and doesn't get into the temptations. Now it says uh, we have a transition. John goes to prison. Jesus goes to Galilee proclaiming the good news of the Bible. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Now we're getting to something that I want to emphasize. He goes up to the Sea of Galilee. He sees Simon and Andrew casting nets into the lake for their fishermen. He says, follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. 
And then he goes a little further and sees James and John and calls them and without delay, or he calls them without delay, he called them and they left their father and followed him. And they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the uh, synagogue and began to preach and the people were amazed. And there's a man in the synagogue who's possessed by an impure spirit. Asked, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? It's interesting. I know who you are. Contrast the unclean spirit with those who are repenting. Why doesn't, if the unclean spirit knows who he is, why doesn't he repent and believe? He doesn't really know. He thinks he knows. He doesn't know. And the people are amazed. And then we get the story of as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew, and there Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And as uh, evening came, people brought Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many of them, drove out demons. But he would not let this demons speak because they knew who he was. So that's just like this other one. And the question of, well, what did they know about him? And why aren't they allowed to speak if he's there proclaiming who he is and proclaiming the good news and saying to repent? Uh, what they knew and what they would speak uh, is seemingly not to be consistent with what he's saying about who he is and who he, uh, what he's going to preach about them for uh, repentance of sin. So then while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left and went to a solitary place and prayed. And they said, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. And he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. <clears throat> and then a man with leprosy came and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was indignant and he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And Jesus sent him away with a strong warning. See, don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer sacrifices to Moses, commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people came to him from everywhere. So you see the same thing here with this, uh, the demon speaking. So to the uh, person is spreading the news and it's a kind of like fame that's occurring and people's interest is attached to the uh, healing rather than to the good news and repentance. Now here we saw the word immediately and I made a mistake by using the NIV. If we read the King James, which I should have used here, then we would have seen this phrase immediately or straight away used a number of times. And it's really what characterizes Mark. It was, it was still here a few times, but they really downplayed it. And um, immediately, straight away. It has in the Greek the sense of direct action in a straight line without being distracted at all. And that's what characterizes Mark's description it also communicates a kind of moral uprightness and being truthful and forthright. So the idea is Mark is communicating that. So when they say without delay, he called them, uh, he directly called them and they left their boats. And then immediately they went up to this next place and then he immediately did this. So you'll see that if you read that, that emphasis that comes out, I think much better in the King James, if you read uh, that 
And I wanted to bring that to your attention in this because we're being shown the action and the correct response to that action in repentance. And that's going to characterize Jesus' teaching. He doesn't want to allow anything else to distract from that teaching. So thank you for joining me for our weekly uh, devotion with Pastor Anderson.